You are listening to episode 31. This episode is brought to you by my new course, How to Dominate LinkedIn with Your Personal Brand. Do you feel like when you're on the LinkedIn platform, you're not really sure how to actually navigate it? Does it feel clunky or confusing? And do you have all these connections, but you're not sure how to really leverage those connections and how to really show up virtually in presenting your personal brand? Well, that is what this course is about. Because since September, I've gone from 1,500 connections to about 8,000 connections on LinkedIn. Not only that, I've gotten clients through my content and people have actually reached out to me to speak for virtual speaking engagements. So if this is something that you would really like to capitalize on and take advantage of and learn about, then this course is definitely for you. And you can learn about it more in my show notes and I will have the link to the waitlist just for you. And now on with the show. Hello everyone, I'm so excited to present this episode to you because this is someone who I met through doing virtual coffees on LinkedIn. That's right, when the pandemic started, I was reaching out to people on LinkedIn and people were reaching out to me because I still wanted to connect. And one of the people that reached out to me is someone who I had actually been following her posts. Her name is Latrice Huff, and she is a leader to ambitious women of color, which is so amazing, especially during this time. She's also a military spouse, a speaker, and a podcast host. And we connected so well over this podcast. She not only came on my podcast, but when I hosted my very first virtual networking event, she came to the very first one that hardly anyone showed up to just to support me. So she has so many gems in this episode about how to really navigate the season we're in right now and how to thrive as both someone in corporate and as an entrepreneur. You will love this episode. Welcome to the Okiki Podcast, where we make inspirational people known. Brought to you by your host, Fian O'Brien. everyone and welcome back to the okiki <laughs> podcast today i have latrice Huff, and i am so excited to have her on the show today because we're actually connections on linkedin and as you know if you listen to my previous episodes i love this platform and i love the people i get to interact with on it so she is full of amazing posts she will probably explain this way more to us but she's a leadership coach to ambitious women of color she's a human capital strategist military spouse, <laughs> keynote speaker, and podcast host. So welcome to the show, Latrice. <laughs> thank you, thank you. I know I did. <laughs> many titles, and I always feel like I don't do enough. <laughs> ha, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You are an ambitious woman of color. <laughs> I am. I, I definitely that. I love working with ambitious women of color because we think the same way. And mm. some of the downfalls is that of that is that we give and give and do and do and think it's never enough. And so we push ourselves even harder, you know? Yeah. <laughs> we'll be like, you know, I wanted to have this done by March 1st. Oh my God, COVID happened. Now I get it. I can't do it till April or something. You're like, but that's life. Like that's oh, no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's nothing to do with you personally. So <laughs> Yes, those are all my mini titles and categories. I love it. And please tell us, um, how did you find yourself kind of in that zone of um, genius, in in that framework? Like, what was your career path and educational path that brought you to that place? Well, 
it's it's interesting so i'll start with like right now right now i am a leadership coach for ambitious women of color which means i help women of color land and i land the job they love and earn the money they deserve and be a better boss right and i myself <laughs> did not start off like that that this this has evolved and um I just took a, like a personality test and it gave me my 10 strengths and it was like bravery and social intelligence and like these things. And number 10 was like zest. And I was like, Ooh, zest, right? <laughs> and I was like, wow, I think that coaching has always been in me, but I've just recently in the last few years been able to say, okay, I am a coach. Um, because initially when I started my business, it was, I was only going to be working with corporate companies. Then I couldn't figure out how to land any corporate clients at the time, but I landed um, resume clients. So I started off as a oh. resume writer. Uh, but even before that, uh, just a brief, I always tell people, um, I was a teen mom. As a teen, I had two kids by the time I was 18. Wow. By the time I was 18, I had two daughters. I moved out when I was 18, got a job. Um, I had people tell me I wouldn't, I wouldn't finish high school. I wouldn't finish college. I moved out, got my own place, uh, got my driver's license, bought myself a car in cash. And by 26, I bought my first house. Amazing. And so I was just like, you know, rocking crisis all the way. Like it was like, I say it now and I give this abbreviated version and people are like, Oh my God. I'm like, do you understand how many nights I was like, what am I doing? Who put me in charge of these kids? Like, why do I have this house? Oh my God. I made all these mistakes, right? But I'm hopeful. One of the characteristics of that, uh, of this personality test said hope. And I am, I'm, I'm a very much a hopeful person, someone who sees the best in every situation in every person and going through all of that at such a young age made me very resilient and see we're more powerful than we know mm. and so honestly i probably have been coaching since i was a teenager and just didn't know it like i would coach my friends and 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 tell them how they should do things right because i like telling people what to do but coaching <laughs> i realized is also a bit of asking questions, not just giving them knowledge, but giving them encouragement, motivation, having a transformation with their mindset. So I, I started off very early, like all my friends and even adults started to come to me and be like, how did you do this? I would be like, I don't know. I just did it. Like <laughs> I worked full time and went to school full time and raised two kids by myself. Like I was not married. I was a single parent. Wow. And yeah, and, and so it, it was a crazy, crazy adventure. Um, and I had really prided myself on doing everything by myself. So big mistake, right? <laughs> Obviously being ambitious, big, big mistake. And I really started to trust myself and my instinct and my spirit listening to my mom. She would tell me I would have these challenges and she'd be like, you know what to do. And I'd be like, no, I don't. Tell me the answer. She'd be like, what you do? Like, think about it. Like, what, what is your instinct telling you to do in this situation? And every time I followed that, things worked well. When I let fear get in the way and I made decisions in fear, the consequences were not favorable. So, uh, you know, I say all that to say coaching was kind of in me very early, early on, very early on, but I didn't know that's what it was. So then fast forward, putting myself through college, I knew um, I was in accounting, hated that. Could you imagine my personality? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're similar to like, huh? Oh my God. You can't be creative in accounting. Like they have laws against that. <laughs> so um, I, as I was in school and working full time, I wound up um, graduating and going into marketing. And here's the thing. I graduated in 2007, December, 2007. So in the heart of the crisis of an economic okay. crisis, I was looking for a job in 2008, you guys. Okay, so I can tell you, I had two kids, <laughs> just got a degree, the unemployment rate was sky high, I had limited experience, 
I had a job in accounting, but I was like, I'm going to be a marketing exec. That, that was my goal to be in marketing. And I wound up going into getting a marketing job. And, and I can tell you all some details about that. We can go back to like looking for a job and building your career in a crisis. Because that was a challenge, but I did what I needed to do. I wound up getting three job offers. Uh, and so I wound up going to this job, loving the job, but hating my boss, hating my boss. And I've learned I can work with anyone. I can't work for anyone. So <laughs> this is crazy. I got to get out of here. Again, I think this was still like, the end of 2008, 2009, by the time I realized like, oh my goodness, I got to get out of here. But what I did, I actually um, got a job in our HR department and it was a lateral move um, and it transformed my career. Hmm. And so I went from um, a marketing coordinator to the recruiter, an entry level recruiter. It was about a $1,500 increase in salary. So not something you really see in your check, but oh my God, when I tell you it took my career on a completely different path, completely different direction. And in that, I started coaching job seekers. So people would call me, um, send me their resume. And I remember one time I was literally telling somebody all these changes they need to do on their resume. And my boss was like, you can't do that. Like, he's like, like they didn't work for the company. He was like, no, don't spend too much time. He's like, you can't, you know, spend all these, all this time. He's like, I don't even think career coach was a thing then. You know, we're still talking about like 2009. He's just like, no, nah, you can't do this. Um, but I saw like, I would, like someone would say like, why, why didn't my resume get sent to the hiring manager? And I'd be like, oh, it's this, this, and that. Or I'd be like, you apply for this job, but you're a better fit for this one. And mm. all these different things to the point I would have the candidates, whether they got hired or not, they would be sending me gifts. <laughs> like sending me Yes. And my boss, again, he was like, what are you doing? Because he was in the position before me. He's <laughs> like, what are you doing? Um, and eventually I started to really build and coach relationships with the managers mm. as we had really had turnover and they thought that they just weren't getting good resumes. And I was like, well, maybe you're not hiring the best people or maybe, you know, you need a little bit of coaching on your management style. So I started informally coaching managers before I, um, I got promoted. I always tell people I was like promoted or <laughs> moved every year to two years. And it wow. was because I really set out to help and use my natural gifts. Okay. So I just continued coaching. So by the time I fast forward, I meet this guy, he's in the military, we fall in love, we get married, like a month after our wedding, I have to quit my job and move to California in the middle of the Mojave Desert. <laughs> and I was like, what? Like my life was just, I was like, oh, I got this beautiful life. I have my house, my kids, my husband, my career, like I am living the life. <laughs> and life was like, ah, I got something for <laughs> Ah, so that is kind of how, you know, coaching began. Hmm. But again, I still didn't consider myself a coach. I just knew I liked helping people. By this time, I had really honed in in my unique style, like how I connect with people, um, getting to the core, really uh, knowing that it was mindset first versus just tactical. Um, so that is, you know... <laughs> Than the ones in California. Yeah. But all of those things really led me to being like this, the, the coach that I am. And very recently, um, probably like a year, I was like, you know, I noticed my clientele was a certain type of people for coaching. When it came to resume writing, I was getting a diverse group. But when it came to coaching, I was actually only getting women of color who <laughs> wanted to coach with me. And I think it was because my content and what I was saying and my story really resonated with them. And some of the stories mm. I tell about what I experienced in my career and some of the things people said to me or doubted me or um, insecurities I had around asking for raises and asking for more money. So then I was like, you know what? This is who I am. Just put it out there. <laughs> Love it. When I did that, 
my business significantly increased. Wow, that's amazing. Okay, first of all, that's like the one of the coolest background stories I've ever heard. I just like my mind's like, wow, because two kids at at university, like I just applaud you on that alone. I just don't even know how you did it. I am so inspired. And um, it's kind of like you already kind of talked about this, but my next question was going to be what inspired you to be an entrepreneur, but you kind of connected the dots. As you said, you noticed certain people were very drawn to your story, which is a huge part of getting your, you know, audience. So then what was the scariest part of actually launching your business then? And how did you overcome it? (laughs) This, well, I will say, um, so I can talk a little bit about your first question about like what inspired me. So Mm -hmm. I've always had like an entrepreneurial spirit. My mom has owned her business for a long time. I I even uh, interviewed my mom on my podcast. Oh, I love it. Yes. And so my mother was always an entrepreneur from the, the earliest memories and she was knocking door to door and had us knocking door to door, like selling her poetry and things like that. My mother was, um, for a little while, she was a single mom as well. And she had three kids and she had to make it work. <laughs> so, uh, always been an entrepreneur, but on it, my mom and myself, only people in our family who are entrepreneurs, the only people to, uh, so she kind of really in, ingrained that in me and, being a single mom myself and I was living check to check. And so when things would come up, like my car, Dennis, I had to have a root canal. Oh my God. Like, or, or, or kids need, need school clothes every year, right? Every, these kids need new school clothes or Christmas gifts. Um, so I actually started selling things on eBay. So I used to sell things on eBay when, when my kid for Christmas time or, um, around like the beginning of the school year, things like that to get extra money. Then when I finished college and I was like looking for a job and the economy was like uh, unstable, I was like, this is the prime time to start a business because I needed more money. So I started a marketing company. So I had a marketing business. Mm-hmm. So I've always In the middle of that. Some, yeah, because I guess for me, I was like, well, I didn't have a choice. I needed more <laughs> So I've always had, um, I've always been an entrepreneur, but it was more like a side hustle. It was more like a side hustle. It wasn't a full time, but I knew I always wanted to go full time. So when I had to quit my job, it kind of forced me into it. And I, it was not my goal too. I thought I was going to get another job, but we moved in the middle of the Mojave desert and the closest jobs were like, uh, you know, hundreds of miles away. And I was still like, yeah, I can get this job. I didn't have my son at the time. So my daughters were, I think they were grown by this time. They were in college. So they were between like 18 and 20 at this time. So they were grown. And I was like, I was listening to other, some other military spouses that worked, like worked in one city and then their husband lived on post. So they were essentially living separate. And I was like, yeah, I can do that. <laughs> do it and my husband was like really we just got married no I don't think so Um, I was like yeah okay you're right (laughs) because I was used to like living on we can can do this and like bank our money and be like this power couple and he's like or we'll do it another way I was like Uh, yeah Um, so I'll make this quick so one of my titles is a military spouse I did not always advertise that And it took me some years to get very comfortable with that. But how my business actually started in the moment. Like, again, I was actively applying for jobs, even ones that were far away. It was limited jobs on the military post that I was still applying for some of those. But I decided I would volunteer to help transition soldiers and their wives find jobs. So I uh, spoke to this guy, sent him my resume to volunteer. He said, you should audit one of our trainings. So I go into the training, the guy's talking about LinkedIn from a book. I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> like, you know, outdated information. And I was thinking like, I probably know more. I was like, no, I know more about LinkedIn than him. 
you know, I, I, could, I should ask him about if I can get this job that he's doing, like as a contractor. And so the guy comes up to me and I'm telling him like, yeah, I have a background in HR and all these things. And he says, um, are you active duty? And I was like, no. He said, so you're a dependent? And I was like, well, yeah. And he walked away and never spoke to me again. And what? Walked away. Yep, and walked away. Oh, it gets better. So then the guy who was like running the program, after he sees me, he's like, so how did you like it? I was like, oh, and I don't tell this story much because I, I always, I wasn't as secure. And I felt like, well, what did I do wrong? And I don't want to get people in trouble, but I'm going to tell you like it is. <laughs> it was like, um, so what did you think? And I was like, oh, it was really good. I have some suggestions that I think, you know, would help because the information is a little outdated. LinkedIn changes so much by the time a book or anything is published. Because he was like, oh, no, we have all these experts write it. Yes, but by the time they write it and mass print it, it is. <laughs> just, oh. So anyway, he's like, great, you, you would be good. That'd be great. He said, do you have small kids at home? what and at the time I didn't have my son so I was like no and he's like oh good do you think you would he said come with me to my office and he was essentially offering me a job I wanted to volunteer and he was offering me a job in the midst of him offering me a job he was like cursing complaining about military spouses and I was very new to the military spouse world so maybe he was like you're different but I would I'm like no I'm a military spouse I'm just like every all these other military spouses and he said, um, and I was like, well, how much does it pay? And he was like, 30000 And he's like, and we'll have to get an exception to policy because you don't have this. Now, keep in mind, I had like 10 years HR experience certification. I was like, you know, had a staff. I worked my way up. So I knew what I was talking about. I knew this, right? I was like, I could do this in my sleep. And he was like, um, I said, oh, you know, my 30000 like, that's... That's, 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 that's not exactly what I had in mind, like a full-time job. And so he was like, well, how much are you making now? Zip, zero, nothing, and went like that. And I was like, whoa, okay. And I was like, well, thank you very much for this. I left started, and, and started the idea of working on my business. Started like saying, okay, how can you start your business? That's when the uh -huh. idea came of um, starting the business. Hmm. It, that's when I was like, okay, um, you know, even if I didn't start it there, how I wanted the beginnings of, okay, I, I'm, I'm going to need to go a different route. Wow. To make my own Because I was like, I can make 30000 myself. I don't need, I need to tolerate <laughs> this crap for 30000 Wow. Yeah. And that's before you even like would have started. That's so interesting. Yeah. So that okay. kind of like, propelled you into going like okay I'm gonna launch my own business yeah. and then uh, yep. and then for you then was was there any like scary moment or obstacle in you launching that or was it kind of like no I'm doing this because like this is a way better arrangement than the other situation would have been oh yeah I, I, my god I was completely scared I doubted myself every day I still wake up and be like oh my god what am I doing <laughs> I, I was scared of someone, but I also had the security of my husband, which I never had before, mm -hmm. before it was everything was on me. So I did have that security of like, okay, I can take a little more time to develop, which I took way too much time <laughs> to develop. <laughs> but it was that, you know, are people going to take me seriously? Is my husband going to take me seriously? Um, we knew... We're thinking about having a child, which now I have a three-year-old and like, how, how, <laughs> how are you going to manage all of these uh, things and move? And, and that's just the easy part. The hard part was like, okay, you register your company with the post, with the state. And when you leave, and I didn't, I wound up uh, starting my company later, but it was like the, the legalities of it too. And making sure you check all these boxes and... <laughs> Um, and how are you going to find clients and who's going to pay you and what is going to be your service and you know all these things run in your mind and so I, I got on Pinterest and start <laughs> listening Pinterest and YouTube and uh, this pre-podcast years it was like Pinterest YouTube those are like my main places hmm. and I did my first webinar and it was family only <laughs> 
Because <laughs> I was like, all right, out of all the marketing things, I think I could do webinars. So my, I had been talking and talking and talking, and my daughter was like, mom, just do it. <laughs> just schedule a date, do the webinar, invite family only and maybe a few close friends just so you know, like, like just to get that first one out the way. Yeah. And that's what I did. And, um, and so from there, I just started proclaiming who I was and what I did. And it just kind of flew from there. But yes, every, I get nervous even when people pay me. Like, yeah, it, for me. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm, just, I'm very comfortable in what I can do and that I help people and that, you know, uh, these women come to me one way. They have a transformation. They make more money. Most of my clients earn between ten and 20000 more, sometimes more, sometimes less. But on average, they feel better after they work with me. They're more confident. But for me, I was just like, in the beginning, there's fear. Every time you go to a new level in your business, it's a level of fear. Mm -hmm. Anytime um, I tried something new, hmm. which, um, like I tried Facebook ads, and I was like, oh my God, I just wasted $100. Right? <laughs> <laughs> this is like when Facebook ads was like, you know, the legit like $5 or whatever. And yeah. And I thought, like, you would get the money, like, the next day. Like, right. And, no. I will say with Facebook ads, I always got, you know, my money back. But, I, yeah. but you know. So, yeah, that was fearful. Um, fear when, honestly, it was a lot around, like, my husband, my family. What are they going to think? Is my husband going to be like, get a freaking job? <laughs> It was that, um, and then as your as your business grows, like as people start to refer you, you get. I started to get nervous. Like, oh my goodness, okay, I'm getting reputation. When I transitioned from being like solely a resume writer to saying, okay, I'm a coach. I'm a coach mm -hmm. now. That was that was very challenging for me. That was very. <laughs> Like wow. that, that was pretty hard too. Yeah. <laughs> and even like the coaching, was it something you, I, I don't know how that space works in terms of like, did you have to get like some sort of certification around that? Or was that kind of just like a title in understanding what you had to offer people? That was, I will tell you, I didn't, I, I have other certifications. So my certification is not necessarily in coaching. I have HR certification. I'm going to be getting another HR certification. Um, I, I knew people who got like uh, certifications in like life coaching that was just starting to be like a big thing. And I was like, I'm not a life coach. Now mm -hmm. I'm like, eh, it's debatable. Like career coaching, life coaching, you are coaching people on a, on a major aspect of their life. But at the time, I didn't see it that way. I, mm. I did not see it that way. And I've even, and I even had some other coaches try to put me down. They were like, you're more tactical. And, and like, they really provided this transformation, but I was seeing the transformation when I would work with my clients on their resume, I would be coaching them um, on their achievements on how to speak about themselves. Because if, if I, I would ask, like, what, what are your achievements? They were like, I don't have any. Like you achieved something <laughs> you did, but mm -hmm. they couldn't see it. So mm -hmm. I would have to reword it and say, what do people compliment you on? What are you proud of? And I had someone tell me, like, she found a million dollar error. A million dollars. Another person tell me she um, had found this payroll error and the company was paying people who no longer worked there for like a year. Right? Like all these wow. major things, but they, they were just like, oh, this is my, my daily routine. I, I'm just, you know, in my mind, I'm like, so you're just awesome every day. And in their mind, they're like, I just go in and just do my job. Right? Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So when I realized I was already coaching people and they were getting a transformation and I was like, I don't care what other people say. I, you know, other coaches say, I know what I'm providing and the results. So hmm. yeah, no, no, like certification. People ask me that. I was like, you can get one. I'm the firm believer 
and always enhancing your skills. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I'm a lifelong learner. I'm in a, a, a program now. I was even thinking now about getting like a getting, <laughs> getting a life coaching certification. But um, I, I think certifications are a great thing. I think sometimes if you have innate and natural skills, you don't always need them. So mm-hmm. it's a personal decision. But for me, no. <laughs> awesome. And what initiatives then did you take to create your brand? Oh my goodness. All right. This is where I feel like I'm like, I, I, I could do so much more. <laughs> um, but, but I, my initiatives are really focused on LinkedIn and I have a podcast. I awesome. started off kind of everywhere. I was like, oh, I'm going to do I was following this guy. I can't think of his name. And he was like, you got to start off doing this 90 day challenge and do 90 days of content. And I was like, oh, I like LinkedIn, not LinkedIn, um, YouTube. So I was like, I'm going to do 90 days of YouTube videos. <laughs> that's the worst idea. I've wow. Had. That's hard. <laughs> I love <What>? YouTube too. <laughs> what is the worst uh, idea? <laughs> One of the freaking worst ideas I have ever seen. <laughs> I actually want to know how this went. <laughs> it went terrible. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, I was like, oh, I like video. It seems easy. I was watching the guy on YouTube and he made it look easy. So I was like, okay, first of all, I don't even know 90 topics like in 90 days. So I was like, all right, let me, I came up with like 30 days of whatever. He showed this method of um, like, do, you know, using like search engine optimization and like search engine traffic and things like that to decide what you're going to talk about and all this completely over my head. So I get to number one and I was like, oh my God, I got to like edit now. Like it's not even recording the videos and the content, but it's like getting, <laughs> like now I got to edit, upload. Oh my God. Thumbnails. All the, it, I was like, okay, I ain't got 90 days of this. I think, <laughs> I, was, I think I did like two days in a row and skipped three days. And I was like, all right, girl, let's go a different way. <laughs> so then I was like, all right, we'll do a Facebook page. Because I did a Facebook page, um, still good, but I realized Facebook didn't give me as much in engagement, right? Mm. Um, and I kind of got into webinars. So webinars were my thing. So mm. with the webinars though, I was branding myself. And if someone saw my webinar, they, they were connected with me and they wanted to buy. I was just getting people to that webinar. Right. So I knew that I really connected. Again, with video and speaking, YouTube wasn't my thing though. <laughs> Mm-hmm. so I was like let me try and I was kind of like inconsistent on LinkedIn and I was mm-hmm. like let me start being a little more consistent and consistent for me was like one or two times a week because mm-hmm. <laughs> so, like, then I was like um oh I forgot then it was like the email list send an email to your list every day have you heard oh, about yeah. that oh yeah girl that worked for me either <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm still working on that side of things. <laughs> yes, and then um, I can't even remember, but um, I was again on Pinterest, and the person was like, "You want to get clients? You want to market yourself? Just go out, network." So using LinkedIn to network, and then I was physically meeting people in person or talking right. to them. That's actually how I got my first few clients. Actually, was. Um, networking and connecting separate from social media like LinkedIn might have did the initial connection but I built those relationships myself right I've from those LinkedIn relationships from like three years ago when I tell you I've made tens of thousands of dollars wow there's people referring me to different speaking engagements um I had one person and I interviewed her on my podcast I was like, hey, can I meet you for lunch? Because I was going to be in Maryland. We met. I kind of explained to her what I would do. This is when I still thought I was going to do corporate clients. And she told me blatantly. She was like, I wouldn't hire you. I was like, what? Whoa. Thank you. No, it was great because she was pretty much telling me. I didn't build up my brand. You know, same oh. thing. And she was like, you know, do some trainings first before you try to come in. Because a company needs to know you. If they've heard of you before, they're going to be more likely to um, how are you? 
She's mm. like, look, come to this event we're having today. I come to the event, start talking, literally get three clients. Those were like one of my first few clients. Um, even going back to LinkedIn, I wound up uh, like meeting, meeting someone and I signed up to volunteer for the Steve Harvey conference. It was like an act like a success conference. I don't know if you remember that. Wow. So meet some people there who I'm still connected with. They refer me to someone else. And that person referred me to um, someone who became a coaching client of mine. Like all of wow. this happened in a matter of weeks. That person then referred me to several people. Wow. Then going back to the first lady who said she wouldn't hire me, she introduced me to someone else. She's now in my mastermind. She referred me to this to speak in some groups and to some um, associations where I picked up even more clients. So um, networking, however I choose to do it, whether LinkedIn, on the phone, in person, really had, is, is not even going to say heads, is the key to my business. Now, LinkedIn, as far as developing my personal brand so people know who I am and feel comfortable with me, has been great. And I really try to post only, like I can do a post every day or even on LinkedIn, even if you don't post every day, you can still be consistent. Mm -hmm. So I really found a great network and support system and, and LinkedIn. And that was my easy path. I tell people, choose your path of least, least resistance. So yeah, networking, yeah. at the time it was live networking, LinkedIn, which then led to speaking, those were like my three things and still are. I just had to, with, with the COVID crisis that we're going through, re-ramping things a little bit. So I do webinars for associations, right? Mm -hmm. Usually I know someone on the association. We've networked. They see me on LinkedIn. So I'm not a complete stranger <laughs> reaching to them. We're somehow associated or connected. And that has been the power of, of like personal branding. Um, even I think back in the day, didn't even have a name. It was like, how are you putting yourself out there? How are people knowing who you are? You know, but now personal brand, like for me, definitely has been, um, creating content and engaging on LinkedIn and then taking those relationships off of LinkedIn to network and really truly build a relationship that's lasted years. Hmm. So, um, yeah, anybody out there, but I would, I would tell people, you start with your path of least resistance. Like, like I had some things that I was like, oh, this is, it's not my natural thing. So it's harder for me. So therefore I just wasn't going to do it, but I tried every single thing. Instagram for a bit. That was a fail. That <laughs> <laughs> I can relate because I'm like, I don't get this Instagram. <laughs> YouTube, YouTube was a fail for me. And I'm still like now I've, I've done like Facebook lives. I've done videos on LinkedIn that I will now put on YouTube. But um, creating original content for YouTube, not my thing. Some people do it. They're like, they become millionaires. I, that wasn't going to be my path. Right. <laughs> so that was my particular path. But what I recommend for people is what is natural to you? I know mm -hmm. I like speaking. I know I like video. I like editing and, and, and what do they call them? Thumbnails. I know. <laughs> no. <laughs> right. Um, and yeah, eventually people are like, oh, you can get somebody to do that for you. Yeah. But when you first start now, who's hiring five, six people? <laughs> Like now it could be different if I wanted to, you know, hire somebody, but just starting off, what is the path of least resistant? Social media is free. Emailing people on your list with MailChimp, free. <laughs> like Zoom, I started off using free Zoom, calendarly free, giving people all the tools, right? All these things are free. Set them up, do it. And then sometimes it takes some trial and error to figure out what's your thing. I spoke to a lady today and she was like, oh my God, you have like over 6,000 connections. How did you do this? I was like, that's years in the making. And those connections aren't like, hey, like this post if you want more connections. Those are like genuine people that I am building connections with, that I'm building relationships with, mm -hmm. right? And just find what it is. Somebody's could be Instagram. Um, what's the, uh, my daughter is like really big on Twitter. 
My brain On does Twitter. not go there. Twitter. Wow. My brain does not go. She was like, Ma, you got to be on Twitter. Yeah, I tried Twitter. That, yeah, I was yeah. like, who's going to send my tweets? <laughs> 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 oh, my goodness. So, like, don't even go. I do have a, uh, is it a Twitter? I do have a Twitter profile. Y'all don't even go. Don't look at, don't, don't look at that. Right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. But, yeah, so for me, I was like, when it comes to like personal branding and getting my name out there, definitely LinkedIn, but definitely knowing networking. Like what is your natural way of communicating? Mm. Yeah, I could relate to because LinkedIn for sure for me has kind of been like my kind of gold spot too mm -hmm. in terms of like the amount of engagement and like people actually yes. interacting with me. Like mm -hmm. it's been very shocking and this is, like my first year really getting into it. So I could totally relate to that. And I kind of wanted to ask you a couple of questions here too. Like um, the first one is how did you get into speaking? And the second one is how do you network like you were saying in light of COVID? Because you're not oh. just um, connecting with your LinkedIn connections. You said you're actually building real relationships mm -hmm. with them. Um, so how do people do that in light of COVID right now? So I'll tell you speaking, uh, I have, again, always to an extent been like a speaker. Interesting enough, you see how I'm like, oh, chatty, chatty, chatty. I didn't speak for several years of my life. Like, I don't think I really started talking till I was like in fourth or fifth grade. Um, oh. Yeah, I was like a middle child. So I had an older sister. She's five, six years older than me. She did all my talking. And I had a younger sister, <laughs> you know, honestly, so I didn't, um, I didn't talk. I remember like people complaining, thinking I was weird. I just didn't speak. I was very shy. I would like hide behind my mom. Now I'm like, you know, I am woman, hear me roar. <laughs> that did not um, come naturally like people think that it did. And so, yeah, not until I was like in fourth or fifth grade that I was, I really like even talking, <laughs> like having conversations with people. So then by the time I became like a, a teenager and I needed to work, um, I was waitressing and I was an ultra shy waitress. And I had this guy he kind of took me under his wig and he was like, you ain't gonna make no money like that. You better speak <laughs> up. You better smile. Be nice get out there, anticipate people's needs. Like, it, like, he was training me on waitressing, but when I tell you those lessons, I still use today in my career, in my business, because he was like, solve their problems, anticipate their needs, don't wait for people to ask you for things. Like, uh. smile, be willing to help and solve problems, help other people's tables, help your team members, clear, like I, I never used to clear the table to the end. He was like, don't let people sit there with all this junk and clock, like all these things. I'm like, this man was ahead of his time. He was a genius. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But when your money count depends on your mouth, you start talking. About <laughs> <laughs> I had bills, I had kids, right? So I really had to come out of my shell. And I realized I made more money. I had a lot to say too. Um, so my speaking career, I took a speaking class in college and that really helped. I really loved it. I remember like getting a hundred, like some crazy high grade in there, but it really did help me. I wanted to join Toastmasters. Like my mom was in Toastmasters that I will probably eventually join at some point. So when I, by the time I started in the workforce, I, I'm like an idea person, if you can't tell. And I had all these ideas and things. Yeah, yeah. So we started doing trainings for our managers. And so I would develop and present these massive trainings. So it started, I would do smaller trainings. So I did harassment training, sexual harassment, um, just different HR trainings for orientation. Mm -hmm. And so that was me speaking, me standing up. Oh, I could tell you some stories about harassment trainings and the questions that I used to get. That would be a different pocket. <laughs> that would be completely different. So I started, so like, they don't, they didn't teach me how to speak. They taught me, all right, this is the information. Tell these people the information. So I really had to hone in that skill of presenting so that people are retaining the knowledge. Mm. Um, 
so I, so I, but I actually was, had to do orientation every two weeks for several years. So that helps. Mm. I had to um, do the, the sexual harassment trainings. I think we did that like every month. We did it uh, coaching um, managers training. So we, and it was really big. So we had hundreds of managers. So that gave me a lot of practice before I was like, okay, I am a speaker. Mm. And then I felt comfortable, like really speaking and small i get more nervous in small groups than larger groups larger wow. groups i'm like oh whatever yes yeah, smaller groups when you got like seven people looking at you it's pretty hard <laughs> uh -oh. yeah yeah i guess <laughs> so that was kind of how i started speaking and and the groups got bigger and bigger but it was all contained within my employer mm. and so then different uh, people, I would just tell people what I did and they'd be like, oh, can you speak to this group? Can you do this? And I would just be like, okay, like, <laughs> all right, fine. Like no pitch, not knowing a rhyme or reason. <laughs> just like speaking. I later learned, okay, like how do you turn speaking into cash? <laughs> that, but before it was not. So that, that really evolved hmm. and I still get nervous. I still sweat. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I still like right before forget everything. <laughs> oh my god, I'm drawing a blank. <laughs> like, like what is this even over? It's just like trying to perform basically. So yes. you have to, <laughs> yes, you have to get in the zone. <laughs> I'm just yes. thinking because I do thinking it like the same thing. Like it's like I've done it for so long and you still get nervous weirdly before you I go know. on stage. I was like, I still do it and I love it and I connect more with people. Um, and so, yeah, the speaker was not something, again, I considered myself until other people had to tell me like, oh, so you're mm. a speaker. And I was like, okay, yeah, I'm a speaker. <laughs> like, but that didn't, I didn't just wake up one day and was like, I'm a speaker. It was after several people told me and then people would be like, can you come and speak? speak on this topic can you present on this right. and i was already doing webinars so mm -hmm. that also solidified me as a speaker right um, before i started doing it live for associations and corporations and things like that but now i love it it's the easiest and fastest way to connect with people even better than webinars better than videos but because you're in their face this is when you could go to <laughs> events, you know, people can touch you. They can come up and ask you questions. You can see their reactions in real time. Like mm. it is nothing like actually speaking. You know, I can see when someone doesn't understand something or when, <laughs> uh, you know, I make a metaphor and they're like, oh, now I get, or I say something like, my boss was a jerk too. Like, yeah, <laughs> like, I get you, I get it. Or I had other times, you know, you see people filing their nails and on their cell phones. <laughs> so, yeah, my speaking career kind of evolved. But I do think the moment you proclaim yourself as something, others will see you that way, too. Yeah. For me, I was very resistant. And, and not, as, not now. Now I'm like, I'm a speaker. Like, I can be your keynote. I can do a session speaker. I can be your webinar speaker. Like, now... <laughs> things but I do believe to some point just proclaim who you are and what you do and stand by it and guess what anytime you want to change if you're like yeah I don't like speaking take it off don't do it anymore <laughs> I think so many times we as and women we ask we, we wait for permission and when I stopped waiting for permission and started making things happen things progressed very quickly for me mm. yeah. I would say that. Yeah. All right, so I wrote down your next question. So how do we network, like off LinkedIn? Was that what it was? How, oh, how do we network in this time of COVID? Yeah. Oh, favorite topic, because you know, I, you, I love networking, but I just did like a little two minute video on this too. Did you oh. see the video? I, I have to look it up. I, I have not seen this video. <laughs> yes, yes, 
all right, I'm gonna put a little note just to just send you. Yeah, because I do so, follow uh, your content, so I'm like, oh, I did not see this. <laughs> okay. Oh, can I do like a little plug for my hashtag? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Go ahead. So it's hashtag Latrice Lessons on LinkedIn, and then you can see um, all of my content. Like follow mm. that. But then even if you just put it in the bar, you should be able to see everything that I've done and you can do top or relevant. You can see all my, all of my content. Awesome. So here, these are my three, right? This is the top of my head. I was like, one, <laughs> I, I don't know if it's in this order. Number one, honestly, uh, Facebook groups, Facebook, as much as I love LinkedIn, uh, right now. So this is, I was going to say March, we're April 2020, right? Yeah. Right this moment, um, Facebook groups is more engagement and they seem to take on like a universe of their own way more than LinkedIn groups. Like, oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. They're going to, you, you know, they're going to show up in your feed if you make a post or so, or someone else makes a post. It's going to show up in your feed more. It's getting more engagement. I see people more building relationships. What I've even started to do. Um, because I have a personal page and a business page is to take people off of Facebook. I'll start connecting them with LinkedIn because LinkedIn, I just have more content. So I'll start engaging on Facebook and then bring them over to LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. And then I've noticed once people are on LinkedIn, they're more likely to get off of LinkedIn with you, like get, get on a call. Yeah, For me, yeah, myself, yeah. I have not mastered Facebook to call. I've mastered Facebook, LinkedIn, they can see my testimonials. They can see all of my content. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's just because where I I play more. And then um, I offer a virtual coffee, just one-on-one. We speak, get to know. I've actually gotten several clients that way from Mm -hmm. Facebook groups, but I didn't, um, I didn't get them from, I didn't get them directly in the group. Like I started chatting, engaging with their content answering questions, things like that in the group. And then somewhere either in the conversation or in another thread, it'll be like, oh, who's in this group? Let's be sure to connect on LinkedIn. Then -hmm. we'll connect on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that is my one way. Definitely Facebook groups is an easier way to build connections. And you can build those, and you can build those relationships right in that format, right in that. Um, sometimes people get in my, my inbox and Facebook, but not as much LinkedIn. I get messages every day. Um, mm-hmm. my second way is virtual coffees. <laughs> like you should be having virtual coffees with people. Someone's in your network. Okay. Get them off of there. Engage a little bit. So it's not like, Hey, we just connected. Want to have virtual coffee? Like, no, I don't know you like that. Did we give you my phone number? <laughs> But if you've engaged with someone's content, you see that they're real, you have something in common, maybe you want to ask about a job or a mentor, or you just think they'd be interesting to know, then a very great way is to have virtual coffee. This is a method I use consistently, and I've really ramped it up more. I even challenge my clients at this point to have at least one virtual coffee per week. And what you do, again, and you don't even have to have at this point, the relationship 100% built, but just you're not a stranger. They can recognize your name in your profile pic, right? Right. (laughs) You've you've commented a couple times. Maybe they commented back. Maybe you commented in their uh, inbox, right? Mm -hmm, And then mm -hmm. at some point you just say, hey, um, I'd like to get to know you better, or I'd like to learn more about your business or more about your career would you like to briefly chat over virtual coffee mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then leave it at that? Yes or no. And then once they do that, I use, um, Calendarly and zoom together, but you don't even have to Calendarly. If you use calendar Calendarly and zoom together, I think it's like the premium version, but Calendarly okay. and zoom are both free. Right. Right. So you can say oh, Calendarly. Yeah. Mm-hmm, they can choose a date. Or you two can come up with a mutual date. And then there's so many ways. You got FaceTime. You got WhatsApp app. You got Zoom, which everybody's using Zoom these days. Like I'm using it on my phone now. So <laughs> because you're going to more so solidify that relationship when you can see each other. 
Mm-hmm. But even if you can't, even if you're like, Latrice, I ain't been to the hairdresser, <laughs> my nails is crappy, my skin ain't right. That's fine. Even if you get on a call, yeah. just hearing their voice, it's going to help you network and build a relationship. Mm-hmm. And then third, which is one of my favorites that I've been doing a ton of, is these virtual conferences. These things then change the game. I done been to like, oh, I'm letting my bottom one slip out. <laughs> I have attended, what's today, Friday, maybe six this week. Like at one, like yesterday, Thursday, I attended two in one day. Is this virtual uh, networking? Or just yes. like actually just attending a conference and then going in the chat box kind of thing? So I did both. Okay, so okay. yeah, both. So virtual and st- some are separate, some are different, right? Right. So the but I'm kind of combining this. So let's, sep- let's, let's separate it for a minute. A virtual networking event. I actually hosted one of those. I, I don't know. Did I invite, did you see that I? I don't think I got invited, but I'll try to do this. But you know, I agree with, I'm, I'm agreeing with you because I've got it invited to speak at two virtual summits. So I'm totally yeah. like on board with what you're talking about yeah. right now. Yeah. So, okay, so I'm inviting you. I had an open invite. Okay. It was open. And then, and then people had to contact, they still had to message me for the link, but I'm going to private message you because I'm, I'm starting to do it every two weeks. But this was okay. a, I call it virtual coffee networking event for women in leadership. And it was primarily, I think it was 100% women of color, but it was kind of open to everyone, but mostly women of, women of color. And we got on, the topic was um, like five ways to like advance your career in business in this time or like in a time of crisis. And so I just had a brief topic, like it was no webinars, no PowerPoint, nothing like that. We all introduced ourselves. It was my first one. We had like 13 women there. So we all kind of introduced ourselves, said what we were about, and then I would speak on a topic. i give like, hey, we should be really do personal branding. How are you branding yourself? Um, how are you all coming up with creative ways? And then everyone talked about some creative things they were doing in their business or in their career. I learned about virtual notary, had no idea what that was. <laughs> uh, people spoke about really diversifying your market during times of crisis. Like it wasn't like, I, it wasn't me presenting all the content. It was more right. networking and dialogue. I had the topic and some topic uh, like um, bullet points, but everyone told their story. Some people got very personal. We talked about challenges. It was amazing. And then mm. afterwards, I sent the list with everyone's email address. And I was like, hey, I would really recommend you all doing virtual coffee one-on-one. Mm. So that was, yeah, so that was more a networking event. Um, some cool. people, mm-hmm, most people were like at home still working, but so they could log in and still kind of do their work and chime back in. <laughs> So it was a wonderful thing. Every, people have already asked me, when am I doing the next one? Wow. So those type, I have already attended several where it is less formal. It's more networking. You have a topic, though. A topic, you're introducing yourself. We're exchanging contact information. Already, I've got speaking gigs from that. Like, this is just right now. Yeah. Wow. Like, like some really like, I was like, wow, this is powerful because it was like, had this, someone was like, Hey, can you um, call me after the meeting? I called them. They were like, can you speak at, can you speak at this program? I was like, done again, virtual speaking. Right. (laughs) I was like, done and done. Just um, today had someone virtually networked with she's like hey do you want to go live in this um in this group that we have she was like can you put together some trainings like a lot of opportunities are coming really quickly this is very closely mimicking that live networking so and those and, and i'm getting the same results so i would recommend whether someone is looking for a job they're doing a career transition starting their own business or you just want some adult interaction, get on these things. They're typically free. I've saw some people said they're like $5 or whatever, but for the most part, they're free. 
they're at different times. Some people have them in the morning, virtual coffee. Some people have lunch at lunchtime. Some people have, are having um, virtual happy hours. <laughs> I just got invited to one of those. So cool. Choose the time that works for you. Get on. It doesn't matter if you have kids in the background. My son has made a cameo one. I'm shocked he didn't make a cameo today. Even when I did the the, uh, virtual networking event, he made a cameo. (laughs) And people were still down. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, So, yes. So, I was combining virtual networks and conference. The second one that it was a sub A, right, that we were talking yeah. about, is the conferences. Now, those are good, a little um, less of, I don't see as much networking between the attendees because it's right. more so you're watching someone speak. However, right. I did just attend one of those. It was a two-day one for military spouses in business. Right. Absolutely amazing. And us and um, the attendees in the comments, we did engage with each other. You then just have to make more of a conscious effort to connect with those people. You, right, okay. Right, right. So a couple of them, I saw their name and then connected with them on LinkedIn. So right. it's not like you're going to be networking as on much <laughs> on that. But yeah. it's still opportunity for networking about what they said they did. Because usually, you know, people are commenting about what one of the speakers said. It's still opportunity for networking. Mm-hmm. So, yes. Very <laughs> cool. And very encouraging, I'm sure, to the, to, well, obviously, like, even to me and to the audience listening, I'm sure, given all that's going on right now, they'll really appreciate um, that information. I'm seeing more and more people and more and more companies do that. And I'm like, just go for it. And here's the thing. You can leave at any time. It's not like a real one. <laughs> so you can like mute your phone, to, and, which I've had to do. Sorry. No worries. No worries. <laughs> you can mute your phone. You can uh, turn the video off. You can leave and come and come back, which I had a couple people do in mind. Right? I've had to do that, like leave, take care of something, and then come back in like the virtual networking. So it, it allows more flexibility as well. Yeah. So I like it. Mm-hmm. And uh, my last question for you. <laughs> thank you, by the way, for just such good um, tidbits of wisdom that you've given on the audience today. I'm really excited about this one. Um, What do you value the most about being an entrepreneur? What do I value the most? Honestly, I value the most the, it is the, it may sound cheesy, but the freedom and the flexibility. And I'll tell you a couple things. I'm now realizing I have the freedom to make my own money. I'm still working on setting up these automated funnels and things like that. But before, when I was salary working for someone else, if I worked 60 hours a week, I got the same salary. If I worked 30 hours a week, same salary. Usually, I was working 40 plus hours a week. Yeah. Well, with your own business, once you get some systems set up, if the harder you work and the smarter you work, the more money you make and you can keep right. that money. <laughs> you can right. keep it. So. I know that if I have a low month, it is directly correlated to something I did. Now, sometimes you're going to have a global crisis (laughs) (laughs) that will shake your world, that will shake your world. However, I do think entrepreneurs and people who own their own business, even if your company has been drastically affected, you have learned skills and techniques that will take you so far in the future because there will always be a crisis at some point. You can't just say, I'm only right. going to run a business when it's all um, rainbows and poems. Yeah. Crisis will come, whether yeah. I have a personal crisis, like my mom is sick. Um, and so I did a women in leadership video series and right. my background was different and yeah. because I had to take care of my mom a couple right. of days throughout. I skipped a couple days. I had to rush my mother to the ER. So obviously I'm not making a video on that day. Yeah. So things are going to come up, but it does allow you freedom and flexibility. If my son is sick, I, you know, I don't have to worry about who's going to want, he can just stay home with me. I can adjust my schedule or I can just tell people, Hey, my son is here. (laughs) He's quiet ish esque, maybe not really like (laughs) going, but I do appreciate the, the flexibility and the freedom. 
And it has drastically improved my confidence in mm. me, myself, and the power that I have to, to help people, to create, to transform lives, to transform my life and my husband's life and my son's life. Uh, that I think I, I see these things where people are like, don't glorify, you know, having your own business. I think if it's for you, it's for you. But why not try it? Like, if, right. especially if you have some security or like now, if you're home like, and you've always had an idea, go for it. Go That's for it. So There's going to cool. be some ups and downs. It's not going to be this, you know, stream directly. You know, it's going to be like peaks and valleys and then you think you're going good and you got it and then something happens and you go down. Then you figure that out and you go back <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, I want to say thank you so much, Latrice. Uh, not only have I enjoyed this interview, but I just enjoy you as a person, too. So I hope we get to uh, interact way more. I felt like this was a lot of fun. And I just enjoy your spirit. And honestly, I feel like we're like kind of very similar. <laughs> so I wanted to say thank you just for bringing such a, an optimistic and joyous, yet very tactical practical um, way for people to go about, uh, you know, trying to build their brand networking and just talking about your story. So thank you so much for the interview yeah. today. Oh, do I tell people like how to connect with me? Yes, or... please. <laughs> okay. Sorry, my bad. Normally I'm on top of that. <laughs> no, it's fine. Because I'm, I'm inviting you to my podcast too. So <laughs> I love your energy and I, I love all your LinkedIn content. Like you're like very like one, two, three, this is what you do. And I'm like, sure enough, I'm doing it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Got it. You're saved. <laughs> like, oh my God. <laughs> but I like that. Um, most people can find me on LinkedIn. Like if you just put in Latrice Huff on LinkedIn, you're going to get me. I'll send you the links as well. Um, my website is talentstays.com. But awesome. I get more traffic from LinkedIn. <laughs> I will say most people contact me uh, via LinkedIn. I also have um, like a career planning guide that's free that I give people and a LinkedIn checklist that I give people that is free. And people have gotten clients and interviews just off the free checklist. Wow. Just off that. So I'll Amazing. send you all those links to get that. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for saying that. I will definitely have all her links in the show notes. And yeah, thanks again. <laughs>